Okay. Um, I am on staff with Mercy Church, and I'm really excited to be here with y'all today. Um, I, I was a student at Chapel Hill and was a part of Summit College since I was a freshman, and I just loved my time in college so much, y'all. Like, all these college students in here, y'all, it is such an awesome time of your life. And so um, I, I tell people I would have never graduated unless they like me, they kind of made me graduate. Um, but uh, a little bit about how I got to where I am at Mercy Church um, is that my senior year of college, I was certain that I was going to go on college staff in Chapel Hill. Uh, I had made up my mind about that. I was like, yes, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. This is going to be so fun. Um, and yeah, as, as I had made up my mind to do that, an opportunity arose that uh, they were praying for a girl to come on staff uh, in the college ministry in Charlotte. And I heard about it. I heard about it and was like, nope, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to move back to Charlotte. Um, I'm from there. And someone encouraged me that I should pray for this. Um, and it was one of those things, you know, where someone encourages you, oh, you should pray. You should pray about this. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I will. But you're like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to, like, I'm not, I'm not going to, like, I'll pray, but I don't want to do this. Um, but sure enough, as I began praying, began seeking the Lord, began bringing this into community, uh, the Spirit was making it so clear that he was leading me to Charlotte, and I did not want to go. I didn't want to go, um, but I did want more of what God wanted for my life, um, and I wanted to follow the Spirit because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, um, and so I share that because the Spirit may be speaking to you this weekend something, um, and I just encourage you, like, press into that. Be curious about his voice. You never know where it may lead you, and um, I didn't want to go to Charlotte, but the best thing about Charlotte has been God, um, and so he's been so faithful, but that's a little bit about me. Now we're going to jump into talking about self-control, y'all. Um, yes, self-control, a fruit of the Spirit. It's awesome. Um, it's also really hard, <laughs> um, and hopefully for in this session, you know, that's what we're talking about, um, and the reason... The reason I'm excited to talk to y'all about self-control today is not because I'm an expert in this at all, um, but it is because I see, I see God use self-control as a means of sanctifying us, of making us more like him, um, and a means and an opportunity for us to actually experience like fullness of joy in God. Um, and so today we're talking about, we're going to frame this time in kind of three parts. Um, as followers of Jesus, um, one, like, why do we struggle to pursue self-control? Why do we struggle to pursue it? Um, two, how do we fight to pursue the spirit of, of self-control? And then three, what fruit, what is the what, what will be the fruit of self-control in our lives? Um, what fruit will it produce in our life? So let me pray for our time together, and then we'll jump in. God, 
Lord, I thank you, God, for your word. God, I thank you um, for your word that brings life. God, I thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you that, um, Lord, the joy and the gift that it is to know you. God, and that you call self-control a fruit of the Holy Spirit, that you say that it is good, God. So, God, I just pray in this talk, Lord, that, or this time in, in your word, God, would we hear what you have to say about your design, God, your design for, for self-control, and turn, um, turn away from our flesh, um, which brings death, but to live in the spirit, which is, is life and peace, Lord, we we love you, God. I need you. Um, Spirit, will you fill my mouth even now? Um, we pray this in your name. Amen. So, um, so like I said, the first thing, why do we struggle to pursue self-control? Why do we struggle to pursue it? Yes, because we're sinners. Yes, because we live in a broken world. Um, that we know has fallen short of the glory of God, that um, we see the effects of sin and brokenness around us all the time. But I think even under these reasons of, oh, well, like I'm, I'm a sinner, like it's hard to pursue self-control, I think a huge reason that we struggle to fight for self-control is because we actually don't believe that it will be good for us. We actually don't believe it'll be good for us, and we actually don't believe that God has our very good in mind. And I think, I think that a lot of us, even in this room, like right now, are unhappy, don't have joy, because we lack self-control. Um, I know all the ways that I, I feel that in, in my being. Um, we consume things that are not God, that our flesh tells us we need for life and happiness, and we keep consuming them and keep consuming them, even though, even when we do, they leave us like so unsatisfied and so unhappy. But we're not, we're not the first people to feel this way. We're not the first people uh, to lack self-control. And so we're going to go to Genesis 3. And look at one through nine. So if you if you want to turn in your Bible to Genesis three, one through nine. So starting in verse one, um, the serpent was more crafty than. Or wait, what did I? Yeah, Genesis three one through nine. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made themselves loincloths, 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? So what's, ha- what, what's happening here? We, um, we know that just a little bit before this in Genesis, um, God, God tells, he tells Adam and Eve um, that they can have every tree, like every single tree in the garden, the tree of life, all these other trees with precious fruit that they can eat of those except for one of them. Do not eat of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of it, or do not eat of it, because if you eat of it, you will surely die. So in the beginning, in the very beginning, we see that God is saying, like, this is not good for you. This is not good for you to eat. And God, from the very beginning, defines what is good. He defines what is good and provides for it. We see in all the creation, the days of creation, God is, is making and creating. What does it say at the, each, at the end of each day? He saw that it was very good, right? God defines what is good. He defines what is good. But what happens in Genesis 3? It says Eve, Eve saw that the tree, the tree that God told them not to eat from, she saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise. So she took of its fruit, and she ate of it, and gave some to her husband. Adam and Eve, in this very moment, decided to define what they thought themselves for themselves was good. We see this decision does not come, it did not come from God, and 1 John references this passage and says, For everything in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And we, we see all three of those things in Genesis 3. What was the lust of the flesh? What was the lust of the flesh? Yeah, the fruit. The fruit. The, their flesh desired this food, this fruit. The lust of the eyes, the tree, the tree was a delight to their eyes. And what was the pride of life? The pride of our achievements and success. The pride was in seeking this tree because she thought it would make one wise. Well, how does this relate to self-control? Adam and Eve did not control themselves in this moment, in Genesis 3, they did not control themselves, and they chose to eat of this tree. When God had told them it was good for them to eat of every single other tree, but they decided that they knew, that they knew better than God, and that means, what does that mean? That they didn't trust, they didn't trust that God had their good in mind. They didn't trust that God had their good in mind when he told them what to eat. But we know, we know that this boundary for them was good. God didn't want them to have the knowledge of evil. 
God did not want that that for them, um, but they trusted their own desires over God's desires. And we we keep seeing time and time again that that, the motive behind that is that they couldn't trust God. And what do we know about them eating of, of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They thought that it would bring life to them and freedom, but what did it bring? It brought death and enslavement. And I, I bring this passage up because I believe that, like, I think that ever since this moment, like, me, like for me and other people in this room, we have struggled to say no to, like, our own proverbial fruit, like, ever since this day. Ever since this moment, we have struggled to not touch the, our own fruit and things that we think about in our life that we want, that we think we can find life in, um, but that these things actually bring about death in us. The things, the, the fruit, the things that we look at that we think, like, if I don't have this, then God is holding out on me. Um, then God is withholding good for me. Then um, I don't trust that God has my good in mind. But what I want you to hear is that God, he's not holding out on you. God is the very essence of goodness. And he has given you his whole self. He's given you his very self. He's withholding nothing. He's withholding absolutely nothing from you. We are the ones who hold ourselves back from him. We, all, we see that. We see that in the beginning. Genesis is just so good, y'all. Um, there's so much in here. But what happened right after Adam and Eve ate of the tree, right? They eat of the tree. Then what happens? They heard God walking in the garden. And what did they do? They hid themselves. They hid themselves from the presence of God. God came looking for them. He asked them, where are you? And I want us to to see, even in in this moment that we're seeing um, of God with Adam and Eve, we see so much of our Father's tender love and affection for his children. In this very moment, right after they disobeyed him, they hid themselves. God came looking for them. He pursued them. And he even asked where they were, even though he already knew. He already knew where they were. And we struggle so much to pursue self-control because we don't actually think God has our good in mind. And we go around God um, to get these things that we think he's withholding from us. Um, And if right now, if right now you're not trusting that God has your good in mind, you're probably not believing the very reason that he has your good in mind. The very reason God has your good in mind is because he loves you. He loves you so much. He's not a father that like begrudgingly gives good gifts to his children. That's not who God is. We see God's love like all over this passage in um, 
When God created Adam, it says that God breathed his very breath into the nostrils of Adam. It, God's breath, y'all, his very breath he put into Adam's nostrils that Adam would have the life, like the breath of life. He did that so lovingly, he could have just said, Adam, live. No, he chose to bring him near to breathe life into his lungs because he loved him. He loved him so much. That's such a close and intimate moment. Um, God gave Adam and Eve, the, tr- the tree of life, so many other trees. He gave them this like beautiful garden to walk in, um, fruit to enjoy because he loved them. They turned away from it. And God, God pursued Adam and Eve in love after they had sinned. Um, he came walking for them. He pursued them, but they hid themselves. And so one of the biggest reasons that I think we struggle with self-control, it's not only because we don't trust God has our good in mind, it's because we doubt the very love of God for us. We find it so hard to believe that God like loves us so much. And we know, we know that we doubt the love of God for us when we go around him to get it, when we go around him to find it in other things. But we, we as followers of Jesus who, who are in Christ, we don't have to go around God to find love and enjoy um, and belonging, um, to find life. We can go, we can go right to him. Um, just like, just like Josh was just talking about that we can go straight to God, um, and live and live for his glory. Um, because his, God's glory, y'all, it's not, it is not divorced from our good. Um, and God living for his glory, us being made to live for him and know him, um, was actually God designed for our greatest joy, He had our greatest joy in mind when he made us to experience life in him. So we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about um, how I'm going to grab my water really quick. (laughs) I thought I had it. Um, We talked a lot about how uh, we fight to pursue a spirit of self-control. what things make it really hard um, for us uh, to pursue self-control, and that moves us on. That move that moves us on to the next thing um, of how to actually fight for self-control. Self-contro- no, self-control, even when we struggle, even when we struggle to pursue it. Um, and I believe that we we will fight best for self-control when we realize. Um, how needy we actually are for the Holy Spirit in our life. We will fight best um, for self-control when we realize how needy we actually are for the Holy Spirit in our life and his help in our life. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the helper, right? He's called the helper, and we need his help for everything. Um, y'all, we couldn't even have life apart from the Holy Spirit. Um, we can't even pray apart from the Holy Spirit. We see in Romans 8, we don't even know what to pray for as we ought. Um, if we can't even, like, pray.
pray without the Holy Spirit, um, we will have no ability to even control ourselves apart from the Holy Spirit. And we just, we just heard, right, that self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That means it's not a fruit of our flesh, right? It is not a fruit of our flesh. It is, um, it is God's work in our life. Um, and so as we, as we fight for self-control, we shouldn't um, only be asking for the Spirit's help in our life to fight for self-control. We need to be asking for his help in our life in literally everything, um, even to get out of bed this morning, just like what Josh was talking about. This morning, y'all, like when my alarm went off, I did not want to get out of bed. Um, I slept with Sarah. She can tell you I like snoozed my alarm and then got out of bed. I did not want to get out of bed this morning. Um, I had to ask God to even help me get out of bed. Um, and so, okay, I think, I think that also when you signed up for this talk and you saw that it said like self-control, um, you probably looked at that and thought like, at least this is what I think. Um, when I look at self-control, I think, oh, it means like a lot of no's, right? It just means that I have to say no to like a lot of things. Like, and I don't know if you guys know the Enneagram, but um, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And so like, I love to have fun and I just wanna say yes to everything. Uh, <laughs> but um, in self-control, we think like, oh, it's just a bunch of no's. And, Yes, it is saying no to our flesh, but it is like so many yeses, y'all. And as a seven, I love that because I love saying yeses to things. Um, it's a yes to the Holy Spirit. A yes and a yes and a yes. Yes, Spirit, I'm going to follow you. Yes, I'm going to follow you in this way and that. I'm going to say no to my flesh and yes to you. Um, it's so fun to say yes to, to the Holy Spirit. Um, wow, okay. Maybe I'm talking too loud. Um, but, um, yeah, so saying yes to the Spirit is, is how we set our mind on him, is how we sow, sow to the Spirit to find life and, and peace. It's saying yes to him. Um, and I think, I think that Josh was getting at this, that, um, that when we're fighting in the Spirit, it can, it can feel like, Pain, like painful and, and really like hard at times. And I was thinking about this and um, I think it, it does feel that way because we are, when we actively say yes to the spirit, we are crucifying and killing in the flesh, like what we've sowed to the flesh for so long. Um, sometimes like unknowingly sowing to the flesh for so long. So when we say no to that, just like it's so hard for me to like say no to like candy because I love it because I've said yes to it for so long. Um, it's really hard. Um, it's really hard. But even when we say yes, it's remembering the, the truth, right? That God's word says that like saying yes to the Holy Spirit, there is life and there is peace. Um, and God God only prunes us. He only prunes us that we may bear more fruit. Um, and so we need to know that anytime we say yes to the Holy Spirit, like we, should, like we should thank him for that. 
we should be like, thank you, Spirit. You, it's not, it's not our flesh ever telling our flesh no. That never happens to me. <laughs> like, my flesh will never tell itself no. Um, when we overcome the flesh, we need to be thanking the Holy Spirit for his work in our life. Um, and uh, it'll, it'll be really hard um, for us to, to fight for self-control um, in our lives if we don't actually know ourselves. Um, so what is self-control? It's controlling, like, yourself. And if you don't even know yourself, um, how are you going to do that? And so do you know, like, the proverbial apples in your life that you want, that you want to take a bite out of? Um, like, do you know your hidden motivations? Um, do you know, like, how the flesh is, like, specifically trying um, to wage war against your soul? But we, we cannot even do the work of knowing ourselves apart from the Holy Spirit, right? Um, First Corinthians talks about how the Spirit searches everything, even the very depths of God, for who knows a person um, who knows the thoughts of a person except for the spirit within that person? Um, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and he knows us better than we even know ourselves. Um, sometimes I, like, think I reach a point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, like, I really know myself. Like, I know I've, I've got it down. And then, like, the next day something happens, and I'm like, why did I feel like, and I'm just like, I don't actually know um, why I felt that way or why I thought that thing. Um, and so, y'all, we need to be asking the Holy Spirit, like, Spirit, search me. Will you search me? Will you show me, like, what my thoughts are, what my hidden motivations are? Will you show me, like, grievous ways within me? Because I don't want to, like, I don't want to see those. Like, every time I pray that prayer, like, God, show me the grievous ways within me. I'm like, part of me is like, I don't want to know, though. Like, I don't want to know this. Um, we need to ask him to do that. And y'all, like, the spirit, um, he's not only going to, like, show you, like, what your flesh, how it's at work within you, but he's going to give you the power to say no to it. Um, he's going to give you the power to, in light of you seeing that, um, to be able to turn away, uh, because we have not received, um, we've not received a, a, a spirit of fear, but God has given us um, a spirit of, of power and love and self-control. That's the Holy Spirit God gave us, one of power and love and self-control. Um, and so that is how we can have confidence to say, to say no. And, um, Something, something else about the spirit that we need to know as we, um, as we fight for self-control um, is that the spirit, uh, he's called the spirit of truth. Um, that means he will always tell you the truth about who God is. The Holy Spirit will never lie to you about who God is. But just as we even heard um, a little bit, a little bit ago, we we do know who who lies to us about who God is. Um, our flesh does. Um, Satan lies to us about who God is. Um, 
but the Holy Spirit fights back. Um, and the weapon that the Spirit uses, the very, the very sword of the Spirit, is the Word of God. And so, y'all, even as we, like, fight um, in the Holy Spirit, as we see the Spirit use the sword of God to fight, um, we'll actually experience the Holy Spirit illuminating to us, um, bringing to life the very scriptures that we have stored up in us. Um, And so to set our mind on the Spirit means to, like, set our mind on on the truths of God, um, on the truths of um, who he says he is. Um, but how, how will we know any truths about God if, if we don't store them up in our heart? What will the Spirit call to mind if we don't know any truth about God? David says in Psalm 119, I, he says to the Lord, like, I've stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Um, and so, I'm really bad at analogies, uh, but I didn't think of one, but okay, just, yeah, it's okay. Um, I was thinking that um, trying to send the spirit into battle without the word of God is like as futile and and like just how do you do that? Um, Trying to send the spirit into battle without the word of God, it's it's like trying to bake a cake with like no eggs and no flour, and no sugar, none of the ingredients, and I don't even bake. I, like, never bake, and I know that that won't work. Like, I know that 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 cake, and even if it's somehow, it won't taste good. It just won't work, Um, and so in light of that, like, knowing the Word of God, that is an essential part um, in us walking in the Holy Spirit, in us fighting in the Spirit, um, is knowing the Word of God, Uh, and so, um, trying, y'all, even trying to fight for self-control, which is so hard for me, um, means us, like, knowing who the Holy Spirit is, how he's at work within us. Um, God's word tells us to stay in step with him. That means, like, literally, like, if you stay in step, you literally don't take a step without him, um, to stay in step with him at all times, at all times, literally, like every single step that we take, we take so many steps throughout the day, think of that, even think about that as you're walking of like, am I stepping in the spirit in every single step that I take, we can do that because he lives within us, he's with us at all times, Um, and I have seen this in as I like fight for self-control in my own life and really struggle, um, that when I do like take steps in him, I see him show up and I stop underestimating his power in my life. And I actually start to believe um, in who he is and what he can do and that his power is going to show up. Um, and I think he, he like, he, God does not want us to underestimate him. Like, he is the God, the great I am. What can he not do? We'll never um, hope too much in him or ask too big of him. Um, And so let's be expectant for how the Holy Spirit is going to show up in our life as we fight for self-control. Because I know, I know he wants, I know he wants to show you his power. I know he does not want to hold that back from you.
And um, so actually I want to pause uh, right here and I want you to think about and write down um, one way that you actually think right now, I'm walking in the Holy Spirit's power in my life. Like, I'm experiencing the power of the Spirit in this way in my life. Um, and I want you to think about that. I want you to, to write it down um, and, to know, and to know that. So think about that right now. And then as you think about that, as you think about that um, write down one way that you doubt or underestimate the Spirit's work in your life or that you, you um, doubt that he can have the power to work in your life. So take like a minute or two to do that. Okay, so it's okay if you haven't fully finished this, but I want you to just quickly turn to the person next to you and just share like, hey, I, I think the Spirit's like working in power in my life in this way. And then this is also a way that I like really struggle um, with that. So just, hey, turn to the person next to you. We're all in this together um, and do that for like the next minute or two and then I'll bring us back. Okay, I'm sorry to cut y'all off. I'm gonna have to bring us back. But if you didn't finish sharing, we have lunch. And so please, please keep talking to each other about this. Um, and even in that, even in y'all sharing, oh yeah, this, I see the Spirit's work in my life in this way. That means the Holy Spirit even gave you eyes to see that, right? Um, we need the Spirit's eyes to see. Um, we need the Spirit's eyes to see. Um, and I want us to know like how important that is um, because our flesh, like when we look through the lens of our flesh, it will only distort and twist God's good design. Um, and um, that's because like th when we are looking through like the eyes of our flesh, um, things that like even we look at that appear to like have, have life and um, that we can find life in, um, like even, even think back to Adam and Eve, right? That tree of the knowledge of good and evil, like it was a delight to their eyes. They, they chose something that brought, um, that they thought was going to bring them life, and it brought about death, and it didn't, it didn't look that way to them, though. It wasn't a scary tree. Like, it wasn't this, like, tree with, like, arms that could, like, grab them and, like, pull them in or something. Like, the tree looked good, right? Um, and that's, like, what our flesh does. Um, it twists and distorts um, and, um, that's because, like, what did we even just hear? Like, our flesh is hostile to God. It opposes God, and it makes us think that God's design constricts us, and that our flesh frees us. I have believed that lie so many times, and I still believe it, um, and I have to fight in the Holy Spirit to not believe that because that could not be more untrue. That could not be more untrue because God is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom um, and our flesh only brings about death and enslavement, okay? That is truth. But where do we like hear these lies, right? Um, we hear, like even in our, in our culture, right, tells us that like, Autonomy and like freedom um, is the goal, and um, 
when we pursue what we think freedom is in the world, um, we actually like chain ourselves to these things. We start consuming these things over and over and over. God's not putting those chains on us. We, we chain ourselves to these things of the world that we begin to think we need for life. That we begin to think, if I don't consume this, like, I'm not going to be happy. Um, that we think that we need, and y'all, we don't want to admit this. We don't want to admit as if we live like we need these things of the world. Um, but it's evident for me, I know in myself, like in my life, when these things show, like how I'm doing these things and I'm like, I'm so unwilling to give them up right? I'm so unwilling to practice self-control and say no. Um, that's me saying, me not wanting to say no is me saying, I need, like, I need this, though. Um, I'm about to share with you things in my own life, y'all, that I have lived as if I have needed that, these things to live. Um, and some of these things are all at different points in my life. Some you'll hear and you'll be like, oh, that maybe that was in college or because it talks about grades, but I'm not in school anymore. Um, but I'm about to share with you things that I, I've lived as if I've needed this to find life. I need to be on my phone for an hour before I actually get up and an hour before I go to bed to be able to like start in my day. Like I need, I need that. Um, I need to spend three hours on social media every single day to live. I need that. I need to distract myself at all times so that I don't have to think about the problems in my life. Gosh, this one is such a seven Enneagram. I need to have this awesome experience. I need to buy all these things. I need to skydive and like jump out of planes. I haven't done that yet, but to be happy. I've thought I've needed those things to be happy. Um, I need to have sex with my boyfriend to feel loved. Um, I need to constantly check my grades to feel successful. I need to do homework all the time to feel productive and like I mean something. I need constant affirmation of people to feel worthy. Y'all, if you read my journal over the past couple years, you would see all of these things that I've written to God and that I can still experience today. Um, and I share these things with you um, to share that, like, all of us in here um, have experienced that, like, we were made for a need. Like, we were made to need um, to... to need to be seen and known and loved. We were made with that need. Um, but we were not made to need any of the things of this world. We were made um, to, to know and to love God and to need him, to need him, to need God. Like we were made to need to consume Jesus Eat and feed of the bread of life. Drink of the well that never runs dry. Um, Y'all, we were made to be loved by him, right? He walked in the garden with us in the cool of day. We were made to, to be with Jesus and belong to him um, and, to, and to know him and to be known by him. Like, that's where life is found. 
That is where joy is found. Um, When we start actually believing that, we'll see God never desires to kill our joy. He only wants to maximize it in him. God never wants to kill our joy. He wants to maximize it in him because he is fullness of joy at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. And so, y'all, when we... um, When we think we need other things, what we're doing is we're actually misdirecting. We're misdirecting our need and worship onto other things. We're misdirecting it. Um, And that's when we start to believe that God doesn't really love us, that he only wants to keep us from good. So we are almost out of time, and that leads me to the last... um, that leads me to where, where does this bring us now, as we've talked about all these things, like how we struggle to fight for self-control. Oh, wow, I can't talk. How we struggle to fight for self-control. Wow, words. Okay, I didn't get enough hours of sleep. Um, and then how to actually fight for that in the Holy Spirit. Um, so what fruit does this actually produce in our life? Um, as we walk in a spirit of self-control and say no to the passions of the flesh and so to the Holy Spirit, we will actually see, we will actually see we don't need any of the things of this world. We'll begin to live like without them and see we don't need them and we'll actually stop wanting them. Like we will stop wanting the things of the world because as we keep saying no to them, like they're going to grow strangely dim They're going to grow strangely dim and pale in comparison to Jesus himself. Um, And so self-control actually means freedom for us. Self-control means freedom for us because we can be free to say no to things of the flesh, um, breaking, like seeing these chains of um, that want to like, chain us to the flesh, just be broken. Um, so the last, the last thing that I want to leave you with is um, one of the parts of Romans 8, where it talks about in Romans 8 how we are heirs with Christ. And in verse 12, um, and I pray that you hear this like right now um, as God's like very words to you right now. He is saying to you, He's saying to you, like, sons and daughters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the last thing that I want to leave you with is... Because in this very passage, we hear, y'all, like, we are no longer debtors to the flesh. Um, We don't owe the flesh anything. We don't owe it anything. We don't have to live by the flesh anymore. 
anymore because of what Jesus has come to do for us, that he came in the likeness of flesh to condemn, to condemn flesh um, and sin once and for all. And it is by the Holy Spirit that we put to death the deeds of the body. Um, And so, y'all, we are no longer slaves to sin. Like, that is no longer who we are. Instead, we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. You are children of God. Um, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in coming um, to raise Jesus from the grave, that is what gives us life. Now, like, by the Holy Spirit, y'all, you have been set free. And so I pray that you live like you're free because you are. And I pray that you live like you belong to Christ because you do. And I pray that you will walk in that every step of the day, y'all, because freedom, freedom and life and joy and the fullness of it all is found within him. Um, And so, That is the last thing I have for y'all. I would love to pray for us, and then we can eat really good food. Um, God, we, Lord, we love you. God, thank you that you, God, have given us, um, Lord, you've given us your very spirit to live within us, that we are no longer debtors to the flesh, um, but that we can live and experience fullness of life and peace in you. God, so please, God, we beg you and we need you. Would we stay in step with you um, daily, every step of the day, um, to say no to the flesh and, and yes to you and yes to experiencing the fullness of joy that you've already given us within yourself, God. Um, we can just go to you, Lord. We don't have to go anywhere else to find it, God. Um, Lord, we need you. God, thank you that we are your children, God. Would we live like we are your children and belong to the greatest father? Um, Lord, we pray this all in your name. Amen.